Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome to Tape Heads. Thanks for joining us on Tape Heads today. That is Blaine down in Phoenix. I am down in Phoenix and it was 102 today as I was coming home from work. But I still have not got in my pool. Well, at least you have a pool. <laughs> I will probably do that this weekend. I guess you guys had some heat the other day. We did, yeah. but nobody here in Portland has a pool, pretty much. Well, yeah, or air conditioners. Or air conditioning. I have a fan now. I borrowed from work. It's free if I took it from work. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. Um, today we're going to talk about The Warrior by Scandal, but before we get to that, we had talked about... A Catherine wheel, which was a torture device. <laughs> and then we also... We're starting with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll start We'll start with that. So which episode cool. were, were we talking about Catherine wheels? Uh, let's see. The first one, I think, was Till Tuesday, and I think I finished it off on Paul McCartney. Yeah, episode. so on Paul McCartney, you talked about what was it? The French one and the Swiss one. Okay. They, they, had, they had millions of different uh, Catherine wheels. Yeah, so... So today I want to talk about. I, I just I, I read I was reading about this and I just thought that was a freaking crazy thought. So I thought I would share this. This is called the Brazen Bull. Have you ever heard of this? Nope. So this was a torture device. You know what? I don't even have a timeline. It was when this was used, but this was used back in um, like the sixteen or seventeen hundreds. I believe. Do you remember where in the world they used it? Uh, yes, in Italy. Oh, okay. And there was this guy named, now I don't know any of these names from any history that I've ever read, but this guy's name was Perilous. And he was from Athens, not Georgia. Uh, that's, I was going to say, that's not in Italy. Uh, I, I guess, I, you're probably right. I mean, not to <laughs> throw... <laughs> oh, I know, but I, right. I think I think that they were, he was in Sicily when he did this. So he invented and proposed this to Phalaris, the tyrant of Arcagas, Sicily. Yeah, see, there you go, Sicily. All right. As a new means of executing criminals. And what, what he had designed was a bull made out of brass or, yeah, brass. And this bull had some kind of tubes that went around in it that came out of the bull's either mouth or nostril. And what they would do is they would take a prisoner and put them inside of this bull, shut the door, and then they would light a fire under this bull. So the people would roast inside of this bull, and as they screamed... The screams would go around and around in these tubes or whatever there was inside of this bull and out this bull's mouth, and it would sound beautiful and sound like a bull making noise. So this guy, Perilous, gave it to Phalaris and told him about it and told him how this thing worked, and this Phalaris guy tricked Perilous... And I know it's probably hard to follow along with these names, but he tricked Perilous to get inside of the bull himself to show us how the sounds would be made in this bull. So he, <laughs> he got in the bull, and they locked the door, 
and lit a fire under it. And, of course, the guy screamed. Ferulus took Perilus out of the brazen bowl, out of the brazen bowl before he died, took him out. Then he proceeded to throw him off of a cliff. Oh, nice. <laughs> so he died uh, falling off the cliff. So the guy, this tyrant, Phalaris, he reportedly died from the brazen bull when he was overthrown by Telemachus, whoever that is. Hmm. Such a great story. <laughs> you know, one thing I love about this podcast is that we already have sort of recurring themes that are coming back, such as torture devices, such as my dad not liking rock music, <laughs> such as the Fairlight. Which is our number one. Well, are there any others I'm forgetting about? Uh, I'm not sure. So today we're going to talk about Scandal. I am the warrior. The warrior. Look at you choosing a female singer songwriter. I, I am Patty Patty Smythe, yep. and not to be confused with Patty Smith. Yes, she's it's not the good-looking one. Patty Smythe was the good-looking one. Yes, yeah, she was definitely. So, when I a little background on this song, this yeah, how did you arrive at this? This this song came out in June of 1984. My favorite musical year, as I'm sure you remember. In 1984, I would have been probably 13 years old, right? Yes. And I went on this week-long scout camp in Idaho. And at this week-long scout camp, they said there there was hundreds hundreds of scouts at this, so it was kind of a big scouting camp thing. It was Farragut. It was in Farragut. Okay. And they said you cannot bring Walkmans or any kind of boom boxes or ghetto blasters, as they called them then. No ghetto blasters, <laughs> no Walkmans. You can't bring any music stuff. You know, we want you to just focus on being out here and getting your merit badges and being one with the, the outdoors or whatever. So you you know me, I am not somebody that has ever been addicted to anything, right? No drugs, not alcohol, as as I know. you know, I'm not I'm not addicted. I'm not a I don't have an addictive type of personality. So I went to the scout camp and and I had no music. But when we got out of the scout camp, scout camp and we're coming home, we all got in the van and the guy turned on the radio. Scandal the Warrior came up. And I remember hearing that song, and I was like, oh, wow, man, I just love music so much. <laughs> I hadn't heard this in a week, and here's The Warrior. It was that, and then some uh, Cyndi Lauper song. I just Gosh, remember that. only these singers were guys. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> there, I'm sure there was guy songs, but I, I, I specifically remember The Warrior. And uh, I really liked the song. And it uh, it showed me that I must really like music because just not having music for a week and then hearing it, how there was this big oh, difference to me. Oh, that's a great song, too. Just on its own. I Am the Warrior by Scandal. 
And the singer of Scandal was Patti Smythe. And who was she? She was a New York performer. She'd been in the band for, what, it was two years, I think? I don't know. Um, she co- she collaborated on that song with a songwriter named Holly Knight, who you may know. Yes. As, uh, she's collaborated with a number of people like Tina Turner. Better be good to me. Oh, tons. Better be good to me. Private dancer album. Yeah. Pat Benadar, Love is a Battlefield. Yep. Love is a battlefield. Uh, Obsession by Animotion. That is an awesome one hit wonder. Really? They're from here in Portland, actually. And she also wrote that song with Nick Gilder, who did the song Hot Child in the City. Do you remember that Hot one? Hot Child in the City. Yes, yes, yes. I was trying to remember that one. That song yes. is awesome. That song is awesome. I think the production on that song is great. Yes, it is. Perfect example of how to record a song with bass and guitar and drums. It just, I think, is great. I could say the same about the Scandal Scandal album. I listened to that whole album today. It's really well produced. Now, I have not heard... I've not listened to the full album. I've, of course, listened to the song, and there was another hit off of that, wasn't there? Or it could have been her. Yeah. They did a version... They did a version of uh, uh, Only the Young by Journey. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But they, there's another hit on there, too, and I don't remember the name of it. I didn't quite... Rec- I, I sort of recognized it, but it, I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, this one. Do you know what this song is the theme song for? No. Glow. Glow. I remember they used it in there, but I didn't remember that it was the theme song. Yeah, that's the opening credits. Glow is the warrior. <laughs> have you seen that show? I have. I think I watched the first one, and I just oh, didn't get is, into it. And I probably should have, because I used best. to watch Glow when I was a kid. Oh, it's great. It's it's kind of loosely based. Glow stands for Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. I remember Mount Fuji. Loosely based on a true story, but oh, it's just so good. And Mark Marin plays their manager. <laughs> he's like the, the uh, under, underground hero of the show. He's, so, he's such a good actor. Yeah, highly recommend that to anybody who's listening to this. Even ties in with the movie we're going to talk about, too. <laughs> You're right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. So Patty Smythe hated this video. I don't know if you remember the video, but it was a bunch of people dressed up. She had makeup on her face, and they cut her hair and made her dance around and jump on trampolines. It was like a Broadway music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, was yeah. kind of like a Cats type of the thing, yeah. And she absolutely hated it, and after <laughs> they shot it, she said, uh, can we reshoot this and I'll pay for it myself? This is this is terrible. This is what she said to the record company. <laughs> And they said, no, it's good. You know, we want to release this. And, and they did, and she hated it. Well, she was like a straight-up rocker. She wasn't into the Broadway thing. She was just, you know, a New York rock and roller. Right. She, she was married to the guy from television, Richard Hell. 
Really? Yeah. In the Later 80s. on in her life, she was married to John McEnroe, or still right. is. Yes, yes. Yeah, married to Richard Helder in the 80s. That ball is in! <laughs> Did John McEnroe say that? So, yeah, so I don't know I don't know who that guy is. Richard Hell? Yeah, I don't... Television and the Voidoids and a bunch. He's like an early, early punk guy. So this came out in 84, and this was a really big year for songs. Yeah. Michael Jackson Thriller was still out. Do they know it's Christmas? <laughs> Duran Duran had some songs. Madonna, Prince, Police. Uh, Van Halen was on the very end of what they were doing. Actually, this is the most popular time of their career. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, Cyndi Lauper. Uh, who's some other ones? It was just it was a huge year. A huge. And this song made it to number seven, even in the middle of all of those guys who were huge names. And Scandal or Patti Smythe were not huge names by any means. You ask anybody on the street today who Scandal is, they're not going to know. They'll definitely know the song, though. Yeah, they'll know the song. Especially if they've seen Glow. <laughs> they would. Anything specific you like about this song? I like the production. I like the guitar playing, but especially I think I'd have to hand it to the drummer on this one. Really? I mean, besides besides Patty, because her voice is amazing. But the drums have, they're very subtly interesting and unusual. Like, cool little rhythmic touches and crash cymbals and stuff on offbeats. Just very interesting and tasteful. Hmm. In 1984, back to Van Halen, David Lee Roth left. Valerie Bertinelli grabbed Eddie and took him to a scandal show in L.A. And after the show, he got into the bus with the band. Patty Smythe has talked about, you know, who does that? You know, who goes into the... <laughs> Into the bus with the band. Well, Eddie Van Halen does, apparently. I guess maybe he's big enough. Anyway, so he spent time with them, and he asked... I don't know if he asked that night, but he asked Patty to join Van Halen. It wasn't like, hey, why don't you come down and, and uh, play with the band and see how things are going, but he he asked her if she wanted to join the band. Can you imagine what that would be like? I don't know. I don't either. I mean, it probably I mean, would it could, have been fine. It could I have mean, been cool. It would have completely changed the band. Like you get, you know, three L.A. party boys and then a New York rocker chick. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, music-wise, you know, I guess Sammy Hagar was different than David Lee Roth. So Yes. Yeah, I'd been yes. different. Um, but anyway, so she, at the time, she, you know, she went back to L.A. or to New York, and and he called her back up and said, hey, you know, do you want to do this? Do you want to join the band? At this point, she was eight months pregnant. She'd just gotten married. <laughs> like you said, she was a New Yorker, and they were L.A. boys. And uh, she told him that she couldn't do it or didn't want to or couldn't do it. That's just a crazy story. 
Yeah, I, I, it is. That blows my mind. I didn't know about that until you told me the other day when we were deciding to do this song. And you're like, oh, what's... You didn't know that he had done that at all? No. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because you were, you were like, oh, we should do Scandal. I was like, oh, that'd be great. And like, isn't that the one where the chick was supposed to join Van Halen or got asked to join? I'm like, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, so I have always got Patty Smythe and Patty Smith mixed up. Patty Smith was married to Robert Maplethorpe, the photographer. Yes, he urinated all over her at their wedding. <laughs> That's love. <laughs> <laughs> Your ears. So guess what time it is? We're going to start something new uh, on this episode, <laughs> and this is called Cover Your Ears. And what we're going to do, I'm going to play something here. Actually, you, yeah. Do you want me to really cover my ears? No. Well, I don't know if you want to, but uh, so let me let me share something here. Is this uh, is that the name of this new segment? Yes. Cover Your Ears. Okay. I named it that. So you'll cool. have to go along with it now. I didn't know that until just now. <laughs> we all found out together. So basically what we're going to do is we are going to, if we did this song this song today about the warrior, well, we need to find a cover version of somebody doing the warrior on YouTube that either is really good or is crazy. The, the one that I picked is, do you remember the guy who's up singing on the stage singing the song the two of us and the bass player hits him in the head and he falls down. Oh gosh, no, I don't remember that. All right, let me let me let me um let me play this for you. And maybe you have heard this. Oh, you know what? I have seen this. <laughs> okay, so this is sexy. What was that? Sexy. So that guy, his name is, from what I understand, Perilous Relish. What was the name of the guy in Italy that had the uh, uh, the, ta- the torture device you just told me about? Oh. Wasn't it per- Perilous? Perilous? Yeah, his, Perilous? Name, his name was Perilous too. <laughs> Okay, that now do that is weird. Okay, that is crazy. <laughs> a little bit spelled a little bit different, but still. <laughs> so, anyway, so that guy, he did the cover of this song I picked today. I like I'm yes. looking at all these different covers, and I find this one, and I'm like, man, that guy, he looks familiar to me. And so, and then I go and search, same guy. So here that is, is great. Here is the cover, Perilous Relish. 4.4 thousand views. Time to torture the 80s. Yeah, and it's Scandal the Warrior. His version. Okay. Run, run, run away. It's your heart that you betray. Feeding on your hungry eyes. I bet you're not so civilized. Isn't love primitive? A wild gift 
Not as bad as I was expecting, actually. Yeah, but singing in such a low register is hilarious. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, for sure. It's like this guy, it reminds me of me playing guitar at 12.30 at night with my parents upstairs, and I'm singing along to Beatles songs, and I'm just being quiet about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's how the guy sings on stage. I mean, it's working for him, I guess. 4,000 views. Well, except for when you're getting hit in the head with a, with a bass player. 4,000 viewers can't be wrong. That's not that many, though. But that's that song. <laughs> but if you look him up, his name's Perilous Relish. One word, Perilous Relish. He's got a whole bunch of different songs on there. We can put a link to that. Yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. So, so yeah, that's our new segment. Yeah. So, hey, I wanted to talk about a song real quick. Sure. Um, that I heard on the way home. And this is actually from 1990. So it's not. I guess in the 80s, but it's pretty dang close. And I have always hated this song. I mean, it was probably written in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was. It was recorded in the 80s. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the song Step by Step by the New Kids on the Block? Of course. <laughs> Step one. Yes, We're yes. gonna have lots of That's fun. That's the part Step I want to play. Two. I'm gonna be with you. I have That's always, more... I have always Gosh, laughed I have... at that. Step one, we can have lots of fun. We can have lots of fun. It's like, yeah. So he's like, oh, well, that's the guy. That's the guy from New Kids on the Block that can't sing. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. No, it wasn't. It was. Uh, I don't know what his name is. Oh no, he was. What was he? And he's in. Uh, 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 not Funky Bunch. Not New Kids. Oh, you're Backstreet talking about Wahlberg. Yeah, no, this yeah, is Backstreet uh, Boys. This is the other guy. His brother is an actor. Hmm. Donnie Donnie Wahlberg is in this. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me look this up. I'm not. I'm not stupid when it comes to music, but New Kids on the Block. I don't know anything about them. Yeah, that sounded. I haven't heard that song in so long. I didn't remember how disco-y it was. Donnie Wahlberg, Jonathan Knight, Jordan Knight, and. Joey McIntyre. Oh, Danny Wood. Danny Wood is the guy. We That's can have love. lots of fun. That reminds me of Anybody Want a Peanut from Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, freaking hilarious. That is hilarious. All right, what movie are we talking about today? Well, get ready to chew some bubble gum and kick some ass, because we are talking about They Live, 1988 cult classic. And you, you had never seen this movie before. No, I had never seen it. And it's a cult classic, and I think it's just crazy. And I watched it again the other night. I hadn't seen it in years, but yeah, I've I would when we were trying to choose movies, you chose Back to the Future too, and I was like, no, it's too soon. <laughs> we just did the first one, 
And I was like, I don't know. What if we tried something we haven't tried, like this or that, or they live? And you were like, oh, they live is great. And I'm like, oh, well, I've never seen that. Maybe <laughs> let's do it. Let's do that one. That's a John Carpenter movie. Yeah. And it's got a wrestler in it. And you were, I was not a wrestling fan. I watched it very, very little, maybe for five, ten minutes at a time. You watched it religiously with your brother. Uh, I would say I watched it, um, what's the word that's, uh, agnostically <laughs> with my brother. So rally- I, it was just on and, and I would, I would watch sometimes I was just like, oh, I can't believe you guys watched this stuff. So yeah, Cork, Cork and Bone would watch that together and they would, uh. <laughs> They would talk about it all the time. They had calendars. They had all kinds of stuff. All the, all the. Uh, so all this characters. movie had Rowdy Roddy Piper in it. I think it was his first movie. One of them anyway. was it his was it his only movie? It wasn't his only movie. I forgot to look that up. Let's see. He was also in Hell Comes to Frogtown, Jungle hmm. Ground, and Portal to Hell. Somehow I missed all of those. <laughs> But this also had Keith David in it, who is the guy from uh, Platoon, the black guy from Platoon. Mm. If I've seen that, it's been 30 years. I don't remember. Okay. Um, So anyway. He did look familiar. Rowdy Roddy Piper. He plays this guy who's down on his luck, who goes to L.A. to find a job. And while he's living in the homeless camps, he gets this job and. There's this church across the street that uh, he hears music coming from, and he kind of goes over there, and these people are talking about all this stuff going on behind everybody's eyes, and they're making these sunglasses. And he finds a pair of sunglasses, and he puts them on, and all of a sudden he can see uh, in the world it's like black and white, and uh, half of the people are aliens. And and signs, you know, like they would say cool cigarettes on it or whatever, says obey. Right. The signs on everything. It's like, yeah, sub- submit, stay asleep. Oh, and on the money. I like the money. Uh, this is your new God. So each little dollar bill said, this is your new God. One of the things, he first, when he first gets these sunglasses, he, he starts seeing these, uh, these aliens, and when one of one of the parts, he says to this, he's in this mini mart, and he sees this woman, and she looks like a normal human, and he turns and looks over at this other woman, and she is an alien, and 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 he says this: "You, you're okay. This one, real fucking ugly." Formaldehyde face. Formaldehyde face. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of weird dialogue in this movie. A lot of weird yes. Lines. So that that thing that you said when he was in the bank was was that when he was in the bank? Yes, yes. Okay, so he holds up his gun, and he says, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. That was uh, Roddy Piper ad-libbed that line. <laughs> I love that. Love that. So, so Roddy Piper wanted to do a movie, and Jim, not Jim McMahon, what's this guy's name? Uh, Vince, I'm guessing. Vince McMahon. The WWF guy? Yes. Vince McMahon told him, no, you don't do that movie. I'll find a movie for you to do for the same price of what they're giving you. And, of course, he didn't. Um, <laughs> and so he quit the WWF and went and did this movie. And and he did it because Vince McMahon is a control freak, and we know that. Well, again, you know him better than I do. He's more your friend. Yeah, Rod, Roddy had a great 
screen presence. I don't know what I was expecting with this movie. I thought it was maybe going to be more like I kind of knew what it was about. I knew it was about aliens and kind of controlling everything behind the scenes, but I thought it was going to be more like a dark comedy. Maybe it was very bleak. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny. I, and I'm really confused because he meets this girl and he kind of carjacks her and she takes him to his, to her house and then she gets on the phone and she basically shoves him out the front window. He falls down. And this is a house up in the Hollywood Hills on it sticks. Cracks him on the head with a wine bottle. Yeah. And shoves him out the front window, breaks the window. He falls down. Um, but you kind of think that she likes him. And then later on, she shoots Frank, who is uh, Keith David. She shoots Frank in the head. And... Uh, She's a, uh, you know, she's not an alien, but she's one of the humans that are working with the aliens. Yes, yes. And then she goes up to the roof where he is and shoots, and he shoots her. It's not what you were thinking was going to happen. Didn't expect any of that. Uh, it was funny. It had like an Orwellian kind of vibe to it, which that part I actually did like. Like when they, when he was first put on the glasses and he was walking around, he could see the aliens and he was seeing all the secret messages. That part was great. And then I also liked the part at the end where the people were working with them and uh, they were telling about how, you know, the, the aliens have made their lives very comfortable with money and with, you know, gifts and houses and all that sort of thing. I thought that stuff was great. But then there was a lot of action scenes that just sort of came out of nowhere. <laughs> Pretty brutal. I thought the the and the, the fight scene between Keith David and Rowdy was, was bring that so funny. That uh, that was originally on the script, only supposed to be like thirty seconds. But these guys, Gosh. these guys practiced this fight for like three weeks, and then they just made it this big, long, drawn out thing. Put the glasses off. Put them on. Oh, and they're beating the crap out of each other yeah. for like five minutes of screen time. So those hits were all real <laughs> hits except for the groin and face hits. The other ones were real hits. The, yeah. yeah. Need him in the groin about four times in a row. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. And what he's fighting his friend to try to yeah. get him to put on the sunglasses. I ain't putting those sunglasses on. <laughs> so they fight some more. I'm giving you a choice. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. Not this year. Put the glasses on. I don't want to fight you. Then he finally puts them on, and then he's like, oh, wow. And then he joins Oh, him. look, that's crazy. Yeah. Then he gets shot it's in the head. so the stupid. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was the best part. One thing I thought about the fight scene, I thought it was just really stupid unless you take it as like a metaphorical viewpoint. Like the people who are at the bottom are too busy fighting each other, you know, uniting and rising up against their the people who are keeping them down. I don't know. I mean, you might be given a little more than it really was. I, To me, I think it was just a funny, long, drawn-out fight scene. I was just going to say that. Maybe a little too much credit. So did you notice? I noticed the um, the communicators that the guards were using. Did you notice those? No. They were the PKE meters used in Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> so... Rando, Randy, the Macho Man Savage, his favorite line in the film. Brother, life's a bitch. She's back in heat. She's back in heat. I, at first I thought he said pack in heat. <laughs> and then I, when I watched it the second time, I realized it was back in heat. I mean, <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know what that uh, means. Anyway, They Live, I think is, is, is I, to me, it's a funny movie. And I remember seeing it at the theater 
and just laughing at, at just all the stuff that was going on. The dumb lines, you know, uh, you know, about, uh, eating bubble gum and kicking ass and kicking ass. <laughs> there's, there's another one about, um, let's see, I wrote it down. Oh, it's when one of the hackers is hacking into the TV and all the people were sitting around watching on the construction site. It was, will somebody tell me what this is, what this is all about? And one of the guys goes, it's just that idiot licking his nuts again. <laughs> like who <What>? says that? <laughs> like, it kind of reminded me of Die Hard in that way. Like nobody talks like that. I don't like Die Hard. I'm, I'm in the minority on that one. A lot of people love it. I hated it in the day. I watched it a couple of Christmases ago because my brother's family thinks it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, a lot I of still, people do. I still, I still hate it. Oh, I think it's a good movie. And every time I bring that up, my little niece is like, "Kick him out." <laughs> I'm like, "No." Nope. Christmas at the Nagatami Tower, whatever the name of that is. <sighs> so dumb. Oh, I like it. Anyway, they live. If you haven't seen that one, because it wasn't this super popular movie, it actually came out number one, but fell pretty quickly in the second or third week. Um, but it's kind of one of John Carpenter's uh, famous films. People really love it, and it's kind of a cult classic. Go out and rent that thing and have a good night watching that one because I think it's it's very entertaining. Woo! It's like a drug. Or these glasses makes you high, but oh, you come down hard. Well, thank you for joining us today. It was fun. A uh, little bit different. The Warrior. Um, not one of my most favorite songs in of, of all time, but I do love the song. So it's a little bit different for me to do, to do a song like that. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. And little deeper dive. Anyway, so we're going to do a, another new song next week. We are completely done with our glam metal four-parters. If you have not heard those, go back and listen to those. We did one on the beginnings of glam metal with starting with Quiet Riot. We did one on power ballads, one on guitar gods, and then we finished it up when everyone got crazy and they had bands like Danger Danger and Tora Tora <laughs> and all those bands out there. They were signing everybody. And then Nirvana comes out and changes everything. So, um, Go listen to those. They're pretty entertaining. Yeah, super fun series. Awesome. Anyway, thanks for joining us, and uh, we hope to hear from you. Um, give us an email at tapeheads80 at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Tell us what you think. And if you have any ideas of, for some songs we should do, uh, we'll take those into account and probably do them. I know we've got a song we're going to do here coming up that a friend of mine wanted to do that I know nothing about. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be cool, too. But we'll do it, and hopefully it's good. Yeah, we'll have links to all this stuff in our Spotify. Yeah, we'll show uh, you the link for the um, the guy getting hit in the head with the uh, the bass <laughs> and him doing the thing on Cover Your Ears. And so look forward to Cover Your Ears for next time, because, Todd, you're going to get a good one for that? I got a good one for that. Excellent. Okay. All right, guys, we will see you in a couple weeks. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, this is Todd saying thanks, and we'll see you next time. 